BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Biggest threat in the world today? Israel and the USA. So when they try to isolate the Palestinian resistance and vilify it, what are we going to do? We're going to fight back, right? That's a free Palestine crowd in Boston. Their chant was, if you couldn't hear it, biggest threat in the world today, Israel and the USA. As Ilya Shapiro put it, if there is a single foreign national in that crowd espousing pro-terrorist views, deport them immediately. That's what the law says. That is federal law. So I know we're going to go this direction, but I came across this tweet. Um... I think maybe colleges need to do a one-word vocabulary test where they ask freshmen to define the word violence and offer remedial classes to people who think a rescinded job offer is violence, but what Hamas did to Israeli civilians is not. And that was linked to the story of NYU law students say classmate losing job offer over pro-Hamas statement is violence. So a rescinded job offer is violence. Decapitating babies is not violence. There needs to be a better word for the stupidity that comes from intellectualism. And I don't mean learning or reading or curiosity. I mean the sort of, uh, you know, far left university intellectualism we're seeing these days because it utterly unplugs your intelligence. It's amazing. I mean, that is on its face idiotic to say that. And yet they do, seriously, and get, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, yay, let's chant. I saw another video, I think this was, I think this was NYU, but another video of a college student going around tearing down the posters of the missing Israelis that have been posted. That was a professor in New York. And somebody said something to him, and they said, they just bombed a hospital. Of course, you know, he was looking at his own New York Times headline, which said, Israel bombed a hospital. But... So the those very kind of universities were 
claiming all kinds of crap about if you misgender somebody, that's violence. You know, we need to have safe spaces from this or that. We, we can't have tests the day after this news story came out because we're too rattled or all kinds of different things. No, it was all crap. It was all an effort to gain and exercise power. I want to get into that Clearly. a little more thoroughly. Yeah, but yeah, those those sacred principles and the speech is violence and all that was just crap that counts on you being a good person and a moral person. And when you're told doing this is immoral, you think, oh, my gosh, is it? Let me think about that. OK, if you, you seem really angry about it, so I guess it's immoral. No, no, they're exploiting your goodness. Anyway, more on that to come. Yeah, I don't believe this, in the whole unsafe thing that much, but if you're an, a, a Jewish student and they're tearing down posters of missing Jews who may be already being tortured by Hamas, I don't know how safe you'd feel at that campus. You have campus organizations dedicated to eliminating uh, uh, Israel, which often is extended to the Jewish people. Okay, yeah, you're supposed to feel safe. So I'm um, uh, excuse the jumping around the nature of this, but I've got a bunch of different stuff that kind of fits the same theme. Uh, this is the most Orwellian thing I've ever heard. The Telegraph UK trying to cancel Orwell with the headline, George Orwell was sadistic, misogynistic, homophobic, and sometimes violent, according to the story. Which, uh, readers added context, which is the new thing on Twitter, or call it X, where people can jump in and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they point out the headlines, an extract from a book written by one woman that is trying to assert that the characters in George Orwell's fictional works are a reflection of his actual personality. And there is no documented evidence. But for whatever reason, the Telegraph UK tried to cancel Orwell. Oh, you're going to cite Orwell? He was a misogynist, a homophobe, and sometimes violent. They're trying to actually cancel Orwell, which is the most Orwellian thing ever. Based on having characters that were misogynist, violent, whatever, in fiction. Wow. Wow. That's Orwellian. From the New York Times, after writing an anti-Israel letter, Harvard students feel the repercussions. It's uh, the backlash against the coalition more than 30 student groups that posted that open letter on the night of the Hamas slaughter, saying that Israel was entirely responsible for the violence that ended up leaving fourteen more than 1,400 dead, most of them civilians. Now, they mention a bunch of different uh, backlashes, including the doxing truck. I am not in favor of doxing people, particularly dopey college kids who are still trying to figure out life. I will go up against them in the uh, arena of ideas and convince them they're wrong. I don't need angry people to know where their sister goes to high school because that sort of thing is happening. Speaking of, are you going to abandon your principles because the other side has? I I won't. Um But it's also gotten more complicated than that because you have multiple folks from the University of Pennsylvania, uh, notable alums, saying, I've closed my checkbook until you, the the president of the university, are gone. You have some uh, Harvard leaders, board members, Lawrence, Lawrence Summers, former Harvard president. Harvard president criticized the leadership for their delayed response. They said it was pathetic. Uh, Multiple firms now are rescinding job offers to the Harvard students who signed those letters, saying, we don't want to work with anybody who is uh, pro-terrorism or pro-the-slaughter-of-civilians. That's pretty bold. Uh, I didn't think that would happen. 
I didn't either. Um, I think, like I said last hour, this light is so bright shining on the far left on university campuses. People are realizing, oh, Armstrong and Getty and people like them have been calling these people neo-Marxist lunatics haven't been wrong. They were, In fact, they were right. These people are dangerous. This article in the New York Times quotes, uh, what is this guy's first name? Meyer. Um, he was the former uh, editor of the conservative Stanford Review, but he's a staunch defender of free speech. He says, at one point, I defended critics of Israel against what I called right-wing cancel culture. But if you're a member of an organization that advocates terrorism in your name, you aren't just a sitting duck. You're a person with agency. You can say I disavow this. These are Harvard students we're talking about. They need to be held to a higher standard. Then they get into the complexities of cancel culture versus uh, taking responsibility for what you've said. Uh, let's see. Nadine Strauss, and former president of the American Civil Liberties Union, hmm? Liberties Union, called the student's statement deplorable, but said that was beside the point. Collecting names sounds like a throwback to the McCarthy era blacklist, she said. Uh, latest list could muzzle not only these students, but also those who might share more thoughtful and less categorical pronouncements. They're just afraid to speak out, period. That's what I object to. Um, then she says, the concept of proportionality, elusive as it is, is woven into the very fabric of not only American law, but international human rights law. But then went on to point out that Harvard, which said, no, we got to let these people do it because we value free speech, just finished dead last in fire.org's rating of colleges for free speech protection. By the way, to give you an idea what outliers these college students are, the, the smartest and brightest people in our country that are going to be our, our future leaders, this Queen of Piak poll that came out, voters think supporting Israel is in the national interest of the United States, overwhelmingly all parties. So do you think supporting Israel is in the national interest of the United States? Republicans, it's 84 to 12. Democrats, it's 76 to 17. Independent, 74 to 19. So overall for the country, it's about 80-20. Yeah. Not even close. Think supporting Israel is in the national interest of the United States. But it's overwhelmingly uh, popular on our college campuses. The more elite, the more popular. At the University of Michigan, a business professor smirked in photos as he ripped down posters with names and photos of some of the 199 people who Hamas took hostage. At Cornell, a laughably named diversity and inclusion officer took to his social media to celebrate the Hamas tax, Hamas tax's resistance. Other such revolting garbage occurred at the University of Virginia, Stanford, George Washington, Swarthmore, and a host of other elite schools. Huge pushback, though, from major donors at the University of Pennsylvania, for instance. We mentioned John Huntsman, who wrote a scathing indictment. To the outsider, it appears that Penn has become deeply adrift in ways that make it almost unrecognizable. Moral relativism has fueled the university's race to the bottom and sadly now has reached a point where remaining impartial is no longer an option. Silence is anti-Semitism, and anti-Semitism is hate, the very thing higher ed was built to obviate. Worth mentioning that when George Floyd was murdered, then-Harvard President Lawrence Bacow couldn't wait to issue a 600-word personal statement about the senseless killing and harangue leaders for not bringing people together. But on this, he uh, has been uh, silent. Dang it, that's interesting. So that guy was a diversity inclusion officer yes. who believed Hamas was in the right to do what they did. 
That's absolutely amazing. So you've been going around spouting that crap about safe spaces and speeches, violence, and all those different things, and you come out on the side of Hamas. Wow. I hope everybody wakes up to that, but I don't think it's going to work. I think that 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 tactic is still going to be powerful for a long time. That I believe in treating everybody the same and giving them their constitutional rights, but I've been saying forever, diversity is not about diversity at all. It's about shoving aside or silencing white people. Equity is socialism, and inclusion only means people who agree with me. Top U.S. law firm Davis Polk announced in an internal email that it had rescinded, rescinded letters of employment for three law students at Harvard University and Columbia University who signed on to organizational statements regarding Israel. Let's see. Billionaire Victoria's Secret founder Leslie Wexler has officially cut all ties and financial support in Harvard in a blistering letter. I think this will get their attention, won't it? Won't the big donors cutting back? I don't don't know. Um, On one hand, they seem to really care about that sort of thing because they let all the rich people's kids in. Right. (laughs) On the other hand, we keep hearing about their endowments. So they have how many billions of dollars? How much money do you need to run a university? Said uh, Wexner, quote, we are stunned and sickened by the dismal failure of Harvard's leadership to take a clear and unequivocal stance against the barbaric murders of innocent Israeli civilians. Harvard's leadership were indeed tiptoeing, equivocating, and we, like former Harvard President Larry Summers, cannot, quote, fathom the administration's failure to disassociate the university and condemn the statements swiftly. That should not have been that hard. In the absence of this clear moral stand, we have determined that the Harvard Kennedy School and the Wexner Foundation are no longer compatible partners. Wait, there's more. Another major pen donor, David Magerman, says he will no longer support the university. I'm deeply ashamed of my association with the University of Pennsylvania. I refuse to donate another dollar to Penn. There's no action at Penn, no action anyone at Penn can take to change that. Uh, Jonathan Jacobson of High Sage Ventures, who has given tens of millions of dollars, tens of millions, if you can imagine that, to Penn, has closed his checkbook, calls the president, McGill, feckless and laughable, rakes him up and down over the coals for uh, two full pages. Then a final thought on this topic as the clock is running low. From the Wall Street Journal, they have a serious problem in Germany, a serious cultural issue. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but there are strict laws against public anti-Semitism in Germany, such as the horrific scar of the Holocaust upon their land. Well, Angela Merkel imported many, many thousands of thousands of immigrants from the Muslim world who are now marching through the streets, chanting death to Israel, death to the Jews. And Germany's not quite sure what to do about it. That's a problem. That's a hell of a problem. Anyway, we can shift gears for a little while from this stuff. The president is speaking. If he says anything interesting or horrifying or embarrassing, we will bring that to you. And a fascinating legal tale that pulls in, I think, every big issue of the day except Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. (laughs) We've got that on the way, too. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Coming up, leading professor believes we have no free will. Michael, I'm going to punch you in the face during the next next commercial break. I don't want to. I won't enjoy it or anything, but I have no free will, so I'm just going to slug you right in the head. So look forward to that uh, coming up. (laughs) The classic college free will argument. How about if I punch you in the face? (laughs) Back in, I have to. Uh, back in the day, I used to write uh, screenplays. It was, uh, I never got anything produced, but it was a good exercise. It was good for my brain. It was a challenge, and I'm, I'm going to start doing something like that again soon. In fact, I've kind of started. But it, when you're writing a screenplay, unless you're going to write like a really experimental, challenging art house thing, it, it can't get too complicated, the plot. Otherwise, people are going to be like, what? Why is he? Uh, you lose people. Boy meets girl. Girl falls in love. What next? What next? Anyway, take a gander at how many different elements there are in this that are kind of grabbers. Famous rapper, there's one. I don't know this guy, but Praz Michelle of the Fugees. You remember the Fugees back in the day? Yeah, a good group. He was convicted in April of being uh, uh, of taking part in an extensive conspiracy to launder money, essentially. Okay, so you got a famous rapper laundering about $88 million wow. in foreign funds from China, Chinese communist-tied sources to make unlawful campaign contributions for Barack Obama. We're definitely getting into the, wait a minute, he did what now? <laughs> Why? So you got a rapper hiding money from communists to finance Obama's campaign. You thought that's it, didn't you? You thought old Uncle Joe had overpromised and underdelivered. Well, you're wrong. So now the famous guy from the Fugees wants a new trial because his defense attorney apparently used an experimental AI program to write his closing argument because he, the attorney, is trying to market this AI to other attorneys and use the fact that he wrote Mr. Michelle's closing argument to market his AI thing. And so because he lost, they're making the argument that 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 wasn't good representation. He used AI. Is that what he's claiming? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's saying, look, I didn't know this dude was doing this. Um, And he said uh, his new attorney said the old guy, David Kenner, quote, used an experimental AI program to write his closing argument, which made frivolous arguments, conflated the schemes and failed to highlight key weaknesses in the government's case. Man, that's a complex plot right there. Yeah, it is. That whole AI taking over the world of lawyering is really interesting. It's backfired a few times in uh, the last year. And $88 million from China to Obama's campaign? What now? 
We'll have a little of what the president said in Israel coming up, among other things. If you miss a segment, get the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I am not going to let go of the fact that yesterday was maybe the worst day in uh, major media's history. And the damage they did to the things they seem to care about. Speaking of the New York Times and others. But before we get to that, the president was speaking in Israel just a little bit ago, live. Really quite a heck of a trip to go to an active war zone. Uh, for a variety of reasons, politically and just security-wise, but here's a little of that. To those who are grieving, a child, a parent, a spouse, a sibling, a friend, I know you feel like there's that black hole in the middle of your chest. You feel like you're being sucked into it. The survivor's remorse, the anger, the questions of faith in your soul. Starting at staring at that empty chair, sitting shiva. The first Sabbath without them. The scent when you open the closet door. The bend of his smile, the perfect picture of her laugh, the giggle of your little boy, the baby. For those who have lost loved ones, this is what I know. They'll never be truly gone. There's something that's never fully lost. Your love for them and their love for you. And I promise you, you'll be walking along some days and say, what would she or he want me to do? Okay, so that's the empathizing with the the horrifying brutality. Do we have any of the commentary? Uh, I didn't know what the clips were. Uh, Do we have any uh, uh, policy stuff, though? Because he was talking mostly about standing with Israel and super strong words on that sort of stuff. Do we have any of that? Or I can just paraphrase it. It's the same thing he said earlier in the week. um, And very unequivocal, 100%, Israel will always exist and will always be there for you, blah, blah, blah. That sort of stuff that um, uh, supporters of Israel have been very happy with. And and some of my favorite right-wing pundits have called it the most supportive Israeli speech by any U.S. president ever. So he's continuing that rhetoric, if you were wondering. To the hospital attack yesterday, well, let me go with a, a couple of different um, uh, takes on this. I won't mention everybody's name, but these are the sort of people that I find more or less unimpeachable. So after all the drama yesterday, it turns out the Gaza hospital wasn't bombed. The parking lot was. 500 people didn't die. I don't know what the number is they're calling it now, but it's quite a bit fewer than 500. Oh, and the rocket wasn't from Israel. It was from a failed rocket that Palestinian terrorists shot at Israel 
absolutely insane. And another comment on the whole thing of yesterday, as the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal immediately went with 500 killed as Israel bombs hospital. What? That's your headline? Turns out that's not true at all. You couldn't wait to find out? And you were going with the word of Hamas on this? Anyway, uh, I like this take. The media is obviously left-wing biased, but in this case, they hurt everyone. Israel, Palestinians, the international community, everyone. The biggest political loser is Biden, who had hopes for uh, for achieving more on this trip. But to be clear, Hamas propaganda about the hospital attack last night was bought by the media, and the garbage from the terrorists was reported that got Jordan, Egypt, and PLO to pull out. The media hurt the cause for peace. Yes, badly. Big, bold headlines. Blasted Gaza hospital kills more than 500, Palestinian officials say. When was the last time you saw a headline like, Jews have ruined Germany, says Hitler. Or, you know, I was wrongly, or uh, mob boss wrongly convicted leading to disaster, according to mob boss lawyer. No, that's not the headline you go with in a news organization. Well, and I was I was amazed by these headlines where they hit yesterday. I was like, "What? Israel bombed a hospital? Was it on purpose or what?" So when I went to the cable news channels, they all obviously Fox was, but CNN and MSNBC also. All the hosts and guests were like, "I don't know about this." General David Petraeus yesterday was one on on one of the shows and said, "By the way, I'll take the side of the IDF, Israel." any day over Hamas, they're a democracy and the truth is going to come out and they know that. But so any person with a brain was immediately highly skeptical. It wouldn't wouldn't make any sense for Israel to bomb a hospital, certainly not on purpose. Um, You're taking the word of Hamas, who's been always has lied. And and so the truth has come out over time. So I don't I don't know how I don't know how the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal allowed that headline to get out. I realize they have woke newsrooms full of young people, but there's got to be some boss somewhere that thinks, let's hold on and see what the truth is before we go with a headline that inflammatory. I'm mostly shocked by the Wall Street Journal. I don't know who their night editor was that wrote that blasted Gaza hospital kills more than 500 Palestinian officials say. But listen to a couple of the particulars in the story written by Omar Abdel Baki, Rory Jones, and Fatima Abdul Karim. Hamas and Palestinian officials blamed Israel and said at least 500 people were killed. That's your lead story. Israel's prime minister's office said there were clear indications that the blast was a misfire by Islamic Jihad. Okay, that's good. The source of the explosion couldn't be immediately verified, so that's funny you went with the headline you did. And then this factor, the decimation of the hospital, they explained what it was, reverberated across the Arab world, causing street protests and upending delicate diplomatic efforts to free hostages and create safe passage out of Gaza for foreign nationals. In Saudi Arabia, where Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman had been pursuing a normalization pact with Israel, a royal advisor said the idea was now dead. The explosion and the allegation that Israel was responsible jeopardized years of efforts to build goodwill toward the Jewish state in the Arab and wider Muslim world. They go on and, and fill in some details. Okay, so every single result of the explosion was disaster for Israel. And yet in your headline, in your lead, you suggest, yeah, Israel bombed that hospital. Now, is it possible it was some sort of terrible mistake? Yeah, sure. But why would you assume the opposite based on the word of Hamas? That's disgusting. Well, and as I keep pointing out, because I was following this in real time yesterday, I just happened to be running errands. It wasn't like an hour, 90 minutes before it became fairly clear 
that it was a Hamas rocket. That's still not known, certainly, but that the the uh, uh, preponderance of evidence, the if you had to pick one, you would go with uh, Hamas rocket misfiring was more likely 90 minutes after the headlines. So why right. didn't you wait? And I think it's absolutely possible that those meetings with um, uh, the king of Jor- the king in Jordan and whoever else that Biden was going to meet with that got canceled wouldn't have got canceled. If the first headlines had been, if they'd have waited, and the first headlines would have been Hamas rocket falls on hospital, that wouldn't have, they wouldn't have canceled the meetings over that, right? Islamic jihad, whatever it was, yeah, I would agree. And and getting back to the uh, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman thing, saying the uh, that pact idea is now dead. Iran and its proxies were desperate to end the talks between Israel and Saudi Arabia. The explosion in the hospital ended the talks between Israel and Saudi Arabia. That's not proof of something, but that's sure as hell some circumstantial evidence. Um, Who stands to benefit? Another tweet, uh, Noah Rothman, National Review. This isn't a media criticism story. Diplomatic facilities are under attack. Meetings between heads of state have been canceled. People are being hurt as a result of these headlines. This is shaping up to be an unmitigated debacle for the news outlets whose instinct was to run with the Hamas version of the events. Absolutely. And another one from a uh, 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 well-known pundit. I don't want to hear any more crap about the need to censor speech to fight misinformation when the largest news organizations in the world uncritically spread terrorist propaganda that has such massive implications and could get people killed. Yeah, you're constantly, you got to weigh in on, uh, we got to make sure there's no misinformation being spread around. You're the New York freaking Times, and you just had one of the biggest pieces of misinformation that happened to square with the terrorist wants ever. That might lead to Armageddon, yeah. You're worried some doctor saying uh, the vaccine might not be good needs to be shut down and censored, but you're willing to do that? Are you kidding? Yeah. Wow. That's horrifying. (sighs) Boy, and an example number one million of why you can't have anybody deciding what's right or wrong in terms of news information. I mean, well, and if I was going to nominate somebody to do it, it sure wouldn't sure as hell wouldn't be the people who self-nominated, you know, and volunteered to do the gig for us. Boy, that is one of the worst book and the fact checkers and all those people. That's one of the worst pieces of misinformation in history. We'll never be able to measure the damage, depending on how this unfolds. We'll never be able to measure the damage. It was done by those headlines yesterday that Biden didn't meet with various heads of state that, as I said earlier, you're going to have people that will have in their mind Israel bombed a hospital for the rest of their lives. Maybe I'll go to the New York Times newsroom and kick somebody in the junk. You can't blame me for it because I have no free will. That story coming up. Stay with us. Oh, boy. So it's still October, but the holidays are coming up fast. Before your life goes into overdrive with the holidays, protect your home with Simply Safe Home Security. You can get a brand new system today for 40% off. Wow. So uh, experts love Simply Safe. It was named the best home security system of 2023 by U.S. News and World Report. It's just super duper good. And now they've got a special deal for it. 
Yeah, Simply Safe is comprehensive protection for the whole home with advanced sensors that detect fires, uh, floods, break-ins, of course, plus HD cameras for both inside and out. And it's powered by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a buck a day, half the cost of traditional systems. We don't mention this enough. Backed by Simply Safe's money-back guarantee. Try Simply Safe for 60 days, risk-free. If you don't love it, return your system for a full refund. So for a limited time, save 40% on any new system with Fast Protect Monitoring Plan. Visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. That's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Remember, there's no safe like Simply Safe. It's interesting, isn't it, how you can feel when a cold feel when a cold hits you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I you know, as I was saying off the air, it's like a three minute process of, well, I feel a little weird. Three minutes later, you're like, yep, I'm sick. That's what happened driving to work today. I thought, oh, my throat's a little, my nose is a little, and then it's very, very clear I have a cold. Just like Michael, night and day. Dr. Cardi B gotten a chance to uh, examine Jack yet? Has she uh, come to a conclusion? No, she hasn't yet. Oh, we don't have that handy? He'll, he'll, he'll Coronavirus! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, a, a little plug for our One More Thing podcast in which Michael told quite a story yesterday about his health situation that uh, is, is news you could use and compelling in all kinds of different ways. So if you don't catch that uh, extra segment that we do every single day, you should look for that wherever you find podcasts. I'm glad you said that because yesterday's was excellent and, and interesting and compelling. I thought Mondays in which we discussed California's new plan for ebony alerts. Those are like amber alerts, but special ones for black people. And it turns out there are feather alerts for missing Native American people. Who knew this? There are silver alerts for missing oldsters or blue alerts if somebody hurt a cop and disappeared or something. But so now we have like race specific and like stereotype named alerts depending on your ethnicity in cal unicornia where realism goes to die and the most likely result is there's so many of those alerts they cease to be a special event that gets people its attention that's what i'm concerned about well right yeah Exactly, because you can opt out and you know at some point it just becomes confusing all right well honey what's a silver alert again we got a, a pink alert. What's a pink alert? You got to look. Well, up now your conceivably, depending on so, how somebody identifies, you could have somebody who's like a black and native heritage and elderly, which would be an ebony feather silver alert. I'm not sure I can rope in that fourth one easily, but it's possible. I don't know. So if do this, you get three different alerts, or do they have a combo, or what? I don't know if this is going on all over the country, but we got the electronic signs in California on the freeways that originally were for, like, amber alerts and important information, and now they always have something up there. And yeah. I feel like that wa- watered things down, too. Buzz driving is drunk driving, or whatever slogan they got up there. And just, ah, whatever. Read them or don't. I don't care. You don't have any free will anyway. That coming up. <laughs> awesome. This is going to be some good, like, sophomore-level college conversation about that. Oh, at best. (laughs) (laughs) Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California... And 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some interesting tech stuff to tell you about in hour three. Biden's plane, Israelis' robots that are going to go into the tunnels, and other things. Michael, thanks for the rush. If this isn't uh, my favorite song, because I don't have a favorite song, it's certainly in the uh, top tier. Free Will by the ferocious Canadian threesome. All right, you can you can fade it down. That's fine. Uh, this... Uh, Stanford scientist is getting a new a lot of attention for his new book. Uh, his name is Robert Sapolsky, and in his new book, he posits that there's really no such thing as free will at all. So what's free will again? Uh, that human beings choose what they do to any real extent. Control your soul's desire for freedom. If I'm not choosing what I do, who is? I mean, what's, what's the opposite of it? How's, how's uh, it an argument? Uh, biology, genetics, your external environment, etc. You have no choice, like, really, or, or practically no choice. Like everything or just minor decisions? Now, before I rip into this guy, uh, I've read a, a profile of him, and he seems like a lovely chap. He's shy. He doesn't like conflict. He's been studying gorillas since he was a child. He he spends a couple of months a year studying baboons and how they relate to each other. Baboons. He's a, a, He's a, he's an aging Robert Plant looking dude, and I'm sure he's a nice fella. Um, but after 40 years of studying humans and other primates, he's reached the conclusion that virtually all human behavior is as far beyond our conscious control as the convulsions of a seizure, the division of cells, or the beating of our hearts. This means accepting that a man who shoots into a crowd has no more control over his fate than the victims who happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time which is an abhorrent notion. It means treating drunk drivers who barrel into pedestrians just like drivers who sudden uh, suffer a sudden heart attack and veer out of their lane. Well, is he saying this, or is somebody... I didn't catch. Is this somebody's... the problem with his attitude? He's saying this? No, that's that's what he believes. Okay. He says, and I quote directly, the world is really screwed up and made much, much more unfair by the fact that we reward people and punish people for things they have no control over. We've got no free will. Stop attributing stuff to us that isn't there. He's a MacArthur Genius Grant winner, and he's extremely aware, he says, that he's got an out there position. He's he's more than aware of that. Um, <clears throat> but I'll, I'll summarize some of the things he, he says. He says, I'm really, really, really trying not to sound like a combative jerk in the book. I deal with human complexities by going and living in a tent. So, yeah, I'm not up for a lot of brawls about this. But anyway, um, uh, let's see. Where is it? Uh, the book breaks down the neurochemical influences that contribute to human behaviors, analyzing the milliseconds to centuries preceding, say, the pulling of a trigger or the suggestive touching of an arm. 
If it's impossible for any single neuron or any single brain to act without influence from factors beyond its control, Sapolsky argues there can be no logical room for free will. So we just they, feel like we're making all these decisions? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they go, yeah, we have time for this. That's good. We know we make worse decisions when hungry, stressed, or scared. We know our physical makeup is influenced by genes inherited from distant ancestors and by our mother's health during her pregnancy. Abundant evidence indicates that people who grew up in homes marked by chaos and deprivation will perceive the world differently and make different choices than people raised in a safe, stable, resource-rich environment, hmm. which is beyond our control. Uh, but like everything is beyond our free will. If you reach out right now and pick up a pen, was that this insignificant action somehow preordained? Yes, Sapolsky says, both in the book and to countless students who've asked the same question during office hours. What the student experiences is a decision to grab the pen is preceded by a jumble of competing impulses beyond his or her conscious control. Uh, and then they go into some. See, I, um, I don't know why. I, I know a lot of people are really into this sort of thing, but like I had, I mentioned I have a friend that was a. PhD masters Berkeley guy and uh, he started into this one time and it's like I he, he was hoping to engage in this conversation I just I don't I don't I don't know I just don't care I mean, it's just I, I, not that I don't care but it's just like I just don't I don't know I I, I just I can't funny, engage in it I have tried to engage in like philosophy philosophy and I always get to like chapter two and think I'm gonna go do something productive right. you people are just gazing at your navels and 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 arguing about the utterly unknowable um you know again seems like a gentle old you know hippie uh, baboon scientist maybe we have less free will than we would like to think maybe we are shaped by our upbringing our environment and our genes because of course we are but there's plenty of free will and i suggest you exercise it to the best of your abilities because then you'll have better outcomes yeah that's interesting without well, a radically change the way uh the judicial system is structured wouldn't it oh, man. armstrong and getty Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.